have talked to people, but like not in like like a long conversation. Right. Yeah. One of my one of my closest friends. I'm so one of my best friends, which probably is, uh, moved away to Texas. Oh. So we used to really? like, yeah. like recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna. I miss her, but like it's weird because. Yeah. We don't talk as much anymore. Right. I mean, we talk every day. Yeah. But it's not like the lengthy conversations of like yeah. hours. Right. It's a different thing, but we're back again. <laughs> it's the season that never dies <laughs> to our listeners. Never, ever. They, they, we just keep them guessing when we're going to release a new yeah, episode. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I guess they're done. I guess right. they gave up. I guess COVID got them. Yeah, but no, we're no. like roaches. We're the roaches <laughs> of the podcast community. Um. But you guys know what it is. You know what it is. It's the Terms and Conditions podcast. And I'm conditioned. I don't Now I have to think about it. It's, it's been so, so long. It's so funny because I'm like, oh, I think I'm growing and, you know, I can see the gray, which I have always said. Like, but in your I'm hair, you're so, saying? What? The gray's in your hair. That's what I thought you said. Rude. Yeah. Uh, I can see the gray. But still so hard volume white. Uh-huh. <laughs> like i think i'm like oh this is definitely and then it's not it's a spectrum it's a, yep we all have some of us have more black than gray yeah that's true less white absolutely somehow Go check that box <laughs> you wait for your box but uh there was a conversation I forgot how that you, you wanted to have before oh! we. Okay, it doesn't even really apply. Probably not. No, but it's but gonna be that's on today's air. topic. But we'll find a way. Okay, so situation is, you have a coworker who you worked with for about like a month, let's say, give or take. You're not really that close. This person, uh, kind of just comes in, does their job, does a decent job. No problems, really. But they kind of, like, play by their own rules a little bit, which is fine, but not for, like, a rule follower like me. But I hope medica- this becomes a long math problem. My medication my medication really helps with this, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's fine. Not my circus. So then, um, no, this is not a math problem. Actually, it is a math problem. Oh. And so then um, another coworker, coworker, let's call him coworker B, so coworker A is this guy, right? Yeah. Coworker B Male. gets a f- phone call from coworker A about half an hour before the, their shift begins. He says, oh, hey. Walks out of the room, comes back. Mm-hmm. Nothing is said about the phone call. Okay. And so I ask, oh, is there, like, is everything okay? Is coworker A okay? Is coworker A coming in? Like, oh, yeah, it's fine. They're just asking for a favor. Sis. <laughs> then, then. Coworker A comes in, but like I'm not in the room. Come in, and coworker A first thing says, Stephanie, can you do me a favor? No, Stephanie, hello. Stephanie, good morning. Yeah. Wow. Whatever. Whatever. Not everybody says good morning, right? And I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, oh, I need cash, but I don't have time to go to the bank. Uh Oh. So math like, problem am i gonna be grieving my money lots <laughs> of my money um and i understand that like somebody you don't have time to go to the bank yeah and he was like oh i can like venmo you the money 
But I can't Venmo it to you until later this week because I hit the limit on Venmo transfers. You? No, this person. Oh, okay. Coworker A is like, I can't transfer you the money because... And I'm like, oh... I don't, know like, what the, I don't know what the limit is on Venmo. Right. First thing I think of. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, um, I'll give you, or I, I asked, can I just like sell you the money? Or you can sell me the money. Right. Like, and then I'll take it out, whatever. Oh, no, I don't have it. I don't have Zelle. And I was like, well, what, what bank do you have? And he's like, Chase. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure they use it. Yeah. It's not that hard. And he's like, oh, I can't have the money come out of my account. Or how much is this a large quantity? This of- is the thing. The quantity has not been discussed yet. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't have Venmo. Sorry. Because now I'm like, this is weird because now you gave me two stories. You told me yeah. you couldn't go to the bank and then you told me you can't come out of your account. And you didn't say hello. <laughs> and you didn't say hello. Or good morning. Or good morning. And so then I come to find out the next day, I asked coworker B, hey, did everything go okay? Were you able to help out coworker A with their... With their um, Money situation. Money problems. And coworker B says, oh, I forgot I had to pay tuition for my kids. So my account dropped too low where I couldn't pull out enough money. It dropped below 2000 That's a coworker B. Mm-hmm. So my little brain is like, $2,000? What do you need $2,000 in cash for? Yeah. Oh, is that what they meant? Yes. Drop below two thousand. Yeah, so he couldn't pull out enough money. I thought I thought that was more like just from how you said it. I thought that was more maybe they only had that much in their bank and like they didn't oh, feel like they could pull, pull any money out. No. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I mean that's a lot to just hand over. Uh, that's what I'm saying. To anyway. someone named Cora Gray. Anyway, that's where everything stands. And then he was like, "Oh." Um, the guy, uh, coworker A is like, oh, I'll meet up with you, coworker B, after work on Saturday, and and we'll we'll do a transact, whatever. Now it starts getting weird and like meet at the gas station, the yeah. kind of shady. And then um, coworker on Saturday, I'm like, hey, coworker A, good morning. Mm-hmm. Were you able to get all your money stuff sorted out? And coworker A is like, oh, coworker B said he couldn't because his uh, accountant, aka his wife, said no. Interesting. He's like, but I'll get the money. The math numbers continue. So, I'm just thinking, would you He'll get the trust money anybody where? with $2,000? Oh, that's the question of the day. <laughs> I mean... I expected this story to end with, like, they tried to do... Like, they disappeared from work. Oh, that's actually... That might happen. So, I'll keep you updated. Yeah. <laughs> but... I don't know. I'm like, I feel like that's a large quantity of money. I, I understand that it's like being given to you to then. Yeah. From the offshore account, whatever. Well, I mean, in this context, I wouldn't give someone that much money. <laughs> like I would, I think I would give a coworker, not coworker, a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a large amount. Large amount, really? If they need it, but only... Like, I'm thinking of my coworkers because I know that right. they would pay me back. Right. There's a context of relationship. If you don't, if you only know someone for a month or so, they don't even say good morning. Then 
I don't know. <laughs> Didn't even know your last name. That's also just feels like bold, I guess. Bold is a good word. A bold ask. Yeah, that is a good word. I don't know. I, I, I already have a hard time trusting people. <laughs> so yeah. I just think I'm mourning the loss of a potential friend. It's also <laughs> it's awkward to ask or like, especially for a large amount. Mm-hmm. Lump sum. And I don't know, not explain. Give a reason. Or disclose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's it feels weird to also be in your position and be like, oh, what do you need it for? Right. Yeah, because then it's like you're being nosy. And so I feel like in general we there's like don't lend out money. There's a lot of odd like. I don't know, not taboos, but like rules around money, yeah, lending and stuff. That's true. And we need to grieve that. <laughs> Wait, is there anything else in the story? That's it. I just wanted to know your opinion <laughs> on it because it felt weird. Yeah, that's a no go. Weird sure. AF, as the kids say. <laughs> and we'll grieve that moment on this podcast. Cheers. Oh, what? We're drinking our waters. Actually, I think you have coffee. Water? But it looks like you have something else. I have liquid death, guys. Look it up. Mountain water. Not sponsored. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> very odd story. I just wanted but to But I do it. like how you told it. Oh. Like, it was a good structure. Thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how I experienced it, so... <laughs> <laughs> It just—it um, was a little bit strange. Yeah, very strange. Um, and life can be strange. <laughs> we keep trying to segue, but to we say, all know we're talking about grief today, guys. Yes, right now the episode is titled "Am I Grieving Right?" Ooh, crying in public. Oh gosh, <laughs> you know what's wild is that yesterday was the birthday of somebody very like special in my life that passed away last year. Mm. That so. is wild. Especially the first one, because it's like more of a, like, very fresh. Yes, very, very fresh. And it was like, I knew the birthday was coming, and I woke up, and it was like a normal day, and I kind of like forgot about it until like I looked at my calendar. Yeah. I was like, oh, this was their birthday. I think in general, like, when someone passes away, it like sticks with you for a while, obviously, but I think mm-hmm. by the time it gets to a year, uh, depending on how close you are, you might be like... Well, more adjusted or not thinking about it every day, but then the birthday comes around and then you're like, yeah, this is, uh, it's hard to remember this. Yeah. But, um, like the bigger, the bigger events. I remember getting the news that this person died while I was at work. Mm. And it was definitely one of those moments where, like, am I grieving right? Kind of came, I, I, I don't know what your experience is with death as far as like closeness. And this is probably like, I would say the closest person to me as far as like day to day relationships. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. The person closest to me. Like, it, it, I guess I would call him like, like an, like a great uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, like, as far as like age wise, like it was kind of like a dad age. Um, but it was somebody from church and yeah. like he's been in my life for like 10 plus years yeah and so it, it, it's just very like jarring right 
and then I feel, I don't want to say I feel nothing. Yeah. But I kind of feel nothing. Well, also, I feel like in church, it it's, can be odd because, well, especially a bigger church. Because mm-hmm. I remember when working there, it felt like we did memorials all the time. Right. And it's like, well, like, this is just a, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know, directly involved or, like, meaningful their relationships were with everyone at the church. Right. But it seems like that'd be odd to have to deal with so much death on, like, a regular weekly basis, basically. That's true, because I know, I mean, I feel like sometimes in, like, a big church setting, like, there has to be a disconnect. Yeah. You know, because that's heavy stuff. Right. To go through. But that's but then that goes to the central question of like what is an appropriate level of grief and stuff. Yeah. Because I always felt that was one thing I like would feel odd about was working memorials mm-hmm. because I'm like so detached from like everyone else there. Right. That it You're feels making jokes with your friend in the back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it to me, it's work. Right. It's like being on the job. But then, like, I try to not really show any happiness right? in those moments. Because it's a little disrespectful. Right. But also then churches are weird, too, because they're like, we're going to celebrate them. We're not going to be sad. And, I don't uh, think that's right for grieving <laughs> either. Yeah. I mean, it's, whew, it's, you know, they always say, like, grief isn't linear. Yeah. Um. I think that's kind of like applicable to any emotion in life. Yeah. Um, where sometimes it just hits you a little bit harder than other times. Like right. this week, our recording um, on the week of a very important holiday for <laughs> Americans. For some of us. <laughs> and um, one of my friends, her, her, this is the second um, one since her dad died, and they mm. were very, very close. And this it was his favorite holiday for yeah. gathering family and stuff and so like I, I know it's like important to her um and it's a harder week and yeah. i think because it's like the second one you know people kind of forget it and mm-hmm. there's not as much like love and support flowing through so you know just check in with your loved ones during the holidays yeah because it, sometimes it's hard that's crazy to me because i've never really like i've i think i've had just two relationships well i was gonna say two relationships that have died but that's that's hard that's weird uh there's a lot (laughs) that's a (laughs) many have died that's a clue that he is not experiencing such death but (laughs) two people that have died that like were actually like impactful in my life i think Mm -hmm. and they're both grandparents but like um i still don't really like the holidays for me, it's not like the time where I'm like sad, I guess, mm-hmm. because I guess there's like everything else and everyone else. Right. Um, for them, it's more like on like their birthdays or if I see like a, a pictures or something right. and remember them. But yeah, it's it's weird to think that like for some people, the holidays are like really hard because that's all I feel like that's like the those are the best moments. The happiest time of the year. So to you have just want to celebrate life. Yeah. And to have that inverted is like makes it feel like kind of a twisted experience for people to have to go through your holidays being like that. I think grief kind of feels that way too, like where you're not allowed to experience. I don't know if you're not allowed to. I feel like we create an atmosphere where you can't express it because it's so negative. Yeah. And it like, 
it feels like you're not allowed to grieve because you're like pulling everyone down right you know and i feel like well there's only a couple of things i want to say in general like because i think everyone knows like people grieve differently yeah. and, like but i think like with grief it's kind of it should be i don't know how far we can take this but it should be a, a thing where like anything goes i guess mm. like i don't know what like limiting it how helpful that is well like, like you shouldn't harm others because you're grieving <laughs> let's okay, just put yeah. that out there or yourself yeah but i don't know like i feel like there is some kind of self harm that happens Oof. with like feeling I, th- I think maybe one of the common feelings with grief is like you you feel like they shouldn't be gone and like or you feel undeserving of your own life sometimes like oh like because i think we're in the same boat where we haven't experienced like too much of it we've uh-huh. been very like you know fortunate to not yet have experienced much of much grief of like loss of people in our lives um death but like the people that i've been close to that have experienced it like there is this like guilt almost yeah. of like even whether it was like known that they were going to pass away from cancer or it was like unexpected mm-hmm. there there's just always this feeling of guilt yeah um especially stuff like that because it feels like there's no reason i guess mm-hmm. like they just got cancer and like that just happens and i don't know there's no i guess there are you can do things that make you more susceptible to cancer right but it's like i don't know it can be just random it seems like and then you feel like why them like why did they have to get it right like one of my friends um her situation her her dad passed away and um he was like not the best health wise but he was like okay and it was like during covid times and he he was at home with his wife and his wife wasn't going to work because she was like older and they asked her to go to work and she was like i don't feel comfortable going to work yet because of covid um i don't want to be exposed and my husband you know has health conditions and stuff and kept like pushing her go to work go to work go to work and so she finally did and that day that she went she came back from lunch and found him dead Whoa. And so there's so much I think that goes into that aspect of like, had I been there or, mm. you know, had I not gone or like this like domino effect, I think that grief kind of pulls us into like reliving those kind yeah. of moments. Um which is hard when you have to experience it by yourself. Yeah. That's actually I mean, we can go into COVID, but I think like that is something that I dealt with for a very long time when my uh, when my grandma died. Because mm-hmm. I was like 10, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think I was 10 or 11. And she was like kind of my best friend up to that point. Yeah. And like she had cancer. Like we, uh, she had it for maybe a couple years, I think. It's hard to tell time when. When you're young. You're <laughs> a little a little <laughs> but uh she had it for like a couple of years i think and then we knew about it obviously right but um then we left to li- live in indiana while she still had it and then pretty much like 
a few months into being in Indiana was when she died. And like, I remember it was like they, we got some kind of phone call and like the doctor said like, she's going to, she's going to die right now basically. Mm -hmm. And so like everyone had a chance to um, talk to her and I couldn't. Right. And so I I don't know if I've told you this before. I feel like we have touched on it. But definitely not on the podcast. No. I don't think. But like, yeah, it was like a moment of, I just couldn't bring myself to face that Mm -hmm. in the moment. But Mm -hmm. then like for years after, like I kind of beat myself up about it because it's like that was your like one chance. Right. And I also like, and then you also remember like the last thing you said to someone sometimes. And like, it was like a total uncle ben not like i was mad at her yeah but like i remember the last thing because like she would always buy us stuff like gifts mm-hmm. so i remember the last thing i said love was language like, is gift giving yeah but the last thing i said was like maybe when you come like you could like bring us some gifts or buy us something mm-hmm. and like i just felt really selfish knowing that was like the last thing that i said to her you were 10 i know <laughs> but it was like it was like I had to deal with like what is it in my like it felt like a character yeah. questioning moment for like a long time. Oof. And I'm sorry. I think that I feel like maybe the only way that that I got over it or is not really over it but past it was just time, I guess. Like there's no formula for like navigating through that in a proper way and I think that goes back to the central question of am I grieving right? Yeah. It's like that's not a, a good question. I don't think like there's no, I don't know how you can judge someone's grief process. And I think in those like most raw moments of, of like pain, you kind of are a little more introspective and like analytical of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas like other places you might like, you might be selfish in other ways and other times, but it doesn't hit you as hard as like that moment. Yeah. Um, and, and therefore you can either like, you know, you might subconsciously like lean into it or like try to like not be selfish so much so that it like try to try to, you know, bring equilibrium in a way. Right. Um, in a mental like, or, you know, spiritual way. And I think that kind of can throw us off too. Yeah. I think grief, grief is just very inconvenient. Right. And especially in, light of something like covid where like that i feel like that hijacked grief on like a national level absolutely (laughs) in in different ways like on on the one hand it's like people people are dying often Mm -hmm. and so it feels like oh there's like another one especially when you go to a church where it's not a people don't take it as seriously or like or it's bigger so people are dying anyway yeah and then it's like uh yeah and then the opposite end kind of of like you hear about some like i've I've heard a lot of covid related deaths from people in churches right and it's like sad but then there's like the political there's like a political element to their death (laughs) that hijacks it in another way where like it feels like you're not it, it almost feels callous and I'm going to say that like with the most respect like I love the capital C church and like all the lowercase the church no all the lowercase no. churches um like I love them too but there is a callousness when like you're behind the doors and people are saying like 
people die all the time. Yeah. Like stuff like that is wild. That, that's wild to me. That yeah. like on what level, on what planet is that loving? Right. On on what level is that empathizing with people? Yeah. Um, and people, I mean, people are or pastors will say that from the pulpit, even as like within the past week, someone in their congregation passed away from COVID. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like obviously they're not thinking about that person. They're not trying to be malicious towards that person who no. died. But it's like. I don't know. You you have to acknowledge the reality of what's going on a little better I when mean, it's happening in your own front yard. Definitely take a cue from Jesus. Like Ooh. he, <laughs> <laughs> like he, like ex- like. I mean, if anybody knew the power of like resurrection and life, he did. And and still, when people died around him, he sat with them in their grief. Yeah, and he felt that with them, and he empathized, right. and and he didn't belittle it. Um, and sometimes, like yeah, we put our foot in our mouths and we learn. Um, I, did I just say mouths? Yeah. I felt weird. Like one foot I and felt, multiple mouths. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, there is this sense of, I don't even know if it's like toxic positivity. <laughs> oh, Have you heard term. this phrase? Oh, is it? I thought you just made it up. No, it, 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 I think it's but a I term. But I believe it. I think it's a term where, where it's just pushing so hard to feel into the positive where it's like, sometimes you have to feel into the negative space. Yeah. Right. I read this book. In my book plug recently uh called wintering mm-hmm. the the art of like rest and restoration during difficult seasons or something like that and so she i think she is a i think her background is i looked into it a secular humanist or something of like that mm-hmm. and but she draws from lots of different religions and lots of different worldviews and kind of ties it all into like nature and little human experience of different moments of winter like where yeah. everything's cold and needs to die mm-hmm. and how you can rest in that and slowly unfurl yeah. into spring. Right. It's really good. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, That's a, that is a, that is an art form, I think. And I don't know that people want to practice it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's, it's an inevitability, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not, covid deaths but death in general yeah and uh and that's another part too is like i've seen like people dying from covid in churches and then that's like that aspect of it is downplayed mm-hmm. and like it just they're just people will be just sad that they died but like there's no acknowledgement of what the reason was i guess right and i feel like that is also like shortchanging what happened because mm-hmm. um, like imagine if you died and like people just kind of brushed that off right like that would suck right if i was a ghosty like i'd be so mad <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like there should be uh and i think also especially at funerals like another way that they get short changed is when you do like the happy celebration the toxic positivity yeah like that happens all the time at funerals i think and like people and it seems it really does feel like people just want to avoid crying in public part two of our title (laughs) yeah and stuff like that that makes them uncomfortable i guess and it's like it's sad that like you wanting to not being uncomfortable comfortable position or like an embarrassing position Mm -hmm. outweighs the loss 
Yeah. Because I think that almost like compresses grief into like a space where it can't breathe. Yeah. And it makes it more difficult to go through. I mean, it's going to be difficult regardless. Mm -hmm. I think it just makes it worse. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know what your experience is with death as far as like exposure or like conversations like when you were a child or whatever mm-hmm. but i feel especially in i always feel like i talk about like america like i'm not american or like some sort of i don't know whatever whatever get over it um there is the sense of like this is where we grieve this yeah. is where we bury move it aside move it away from us whereas mm-hmm. i feel a lot of other cultures kind of embrace it as part of the life cycle right um and have this sort of like honor towards it in a way that like doesn't make it as scary i guess yeah i think it's like maybe part of it is like we're like a work-oriented culture where it's like the industrial revolution got us (laughs) (laughs) you have to you have to move on because if not then commerce and progress they'll be halted and there's like an element of like I mean, I guess there is like bereavement leave or something but for work. Even then, it's like this is how long you are quote unquote yeah. allowed to bereave, right? And so that's just not that seems scary. But I think there are some instances where, like, not ignoring it, but like not thinking about it or not reflecting on it is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not gonna say like we should just think about it all the time and cry all the time. Yeah. Um. Like, there's there's definitely like like i said the news about this person that i got was yeah. at work like i'm obviously right. i'm sad but also like i gotta work i mean i what am i gonna do leave yeah uh like <laughs> and, and i will say that like personally like that was a time where like i definitely kind of like quote unquote saw god come through in a way of like bringing me comfort and encouragement through a person that i did not particularly like Uh um and it was i don't know if i was just more receptive to it or if it was just happening but i'm just appreciating that it did happen yeah um and so i think in those i I don't know i think in the willingness to like process it while i'm also doing something yeah kind of helped me but Mm. i always feel like i'm grieving wrong because i always i always feel like I'm a little disconnected. Mm. Like, I care. But like, I don't. Yeah. That and bad? that's, like, your defense mechanism, I guess? Do you think so? Uh, probably. I, maybe. I it mean, probably comes from my abandonment issues. <laughs> Shout out mom and dad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, like, I feel I've felt that way. And I feel like maybe when someone you're more close to passes away that would be different but like there's like an element of like this person was family but we weren't that close do you ever think of your really close what loved ones dying yeah what do you think i think about like basic i mean pretty much the ones that would affect me the most are like parents siblings or kim mm-hmm. um sorry friends and other no that <laughs> doesn't matter but i mean like those are the ones that, like, I think my life would have to, or my personality, even character, would change. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've, yeah, I've thought about that. Like if, with Kim in particular, like I think 
this is why I was I was thinking about like ignoring it. I guess mm-hmm. would be best in a way because I think it would either be I would just like not care about anything in life and just like kind of self destruct, or I just keep on going like the course and like nobody nobody bring this up oh. but like we're not gonna get into it ever and do you think those are good ways <laughs> to handle it <laughs> i mean no but i don't know how else i could like function especially i mean i guess with a spouse it's more like especially when you're younger like you haven't lived a full life right uh it feels like well why would i try to do something like that again right like that was i thought that was what life was going to no, be we were you know? locked in like yeah and i i mean i've heard of stories of that happening absolutely happens all the time like people especially like i don't know like something random like one of them gets cancer or something yeah it's that's like, how you got whoa. this job <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> oh. um but that's i don't know how to really that's why i'm thinking like anything kind of goes with grief because there's no there's no way that you can or should handle that and like i'm thinking like as you're describing the situation as a friend like i don't feel comfortable with platitudes like of like kim wouldn't want you to live like that or you know what i mean i'm like that doesn't like i don't know what she would want or what wouldn't and it doesn't matter because she would be gone i'm sorry kim she's not gone guys (laughs) um But, like, I'm not comfortable with those. I'm not comfortable with, like, everything happens for a reason. Because I think when you're sitting in that, like, but there is no good reason for this. And and I don't think... I I understand that where those things are coming from. Like, they're trying to, like, alleviate. Yeah. But it's, like, I don't know. Think about your words sometimes. Yeah. And then sometimes acknowledge that not saying anything is more powerful. Um when someone is grieving, allow them to speak mm-hmm. instead of speaking your own grief into it. Cause I think there comes a little competition sometimes. Yeah. Um, because it, it just like, there will come a time to share, but let them feel their grief, I guess. Yeah. I think we've, I mean, we've talked about it for like a half hour, but there's, there's not a lot that's really appropriate to say when someone is grieving. I think like, especially in the beginning it's mm-hmm. like there's no why why are you gonna say something right now there's no right nothing that's really useful i, I think guess. just showing up is important yeah more than anything it's and it, it makes me so sad to think about you with him dying because i'm know. like if, if you died kim would not not she would be fine but <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know i think either way for us it would be like very crippling yeah i think it should be (laughs) we would probably both go through years of like basically not doing anything with our lives i'm checking on both of you just okay it's funny because i i I would say i'm close to both of my parents in different ways um but i definitely feel like if my dad died i would crumble yeah like it like emotionally i just cry a lot um and then with my mom i'm just like yeah i'd be fine Mm-hmm. and like i'm like is that wrong is that does that mean i'm closer to my dad than my mom like does that who do i love more you know what i mean like it, right. it, it's it's this weird and, and the same thing has happened like ever since i was like a little like when they would go away on trips or whatever like my mom would leave i'd be like see you mom and then dad would leave and i'd be like dad no right come back yeah 
And like I would cry for days. So I think to also be gracious to yourself and acknowledge that you can experience grief in different ways, even if you've quote unquote gone through it. Mm -hmm. Like if one person can experience it in different ways, how much more could different people experience it? Right. It's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. And that's, I mean, like that's the other point that I had was like, I think in a way, the way life is, like, maybe it would, being in, like, a constant state of grief kind of is logical. Because there's always terrible things in the world that, like, you could be very upset about. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's why even that reaction of, like, pushing it aside or, like, letting it not letting it affect you as much like you were saying about like feeling disconnected mm-hmm. um even that is fine i think because it's like if you're not sad about this like there's probably something else that you're sad about yeah and like this and yeah i don't know like the world is so messed up that it's not hard to think about like that's something I always go on like a global level in mm-hmm. my mind. I always go unnecessarily. Local. <laughs> where I think of like like if someone were to die, mm-hmm. one thing I would think about is like like the idea of like people die every day. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a callous way, but yeah. like in a way of like existentialism. Yeah, like my grief it matters, but like also just like this mindfulness of like this is happening to someone else right now or like you know tons of people are grieving on a daily basis right or like someone is being like trafficked right now yeah sometimes they go very dark oh no i totally feel that i understand that and it's like there's always something to be upset about i guess but also being being present in whatever your reality is is important still yeah i think there's there's the good stuff that comes from that acknowledgement but also to remember like we were not made to process as much grief and like information overload that we get yeah um to the point where it's like it's going to incapacitate you to function in your in your sphere like there are tragedies and grief happening on in your microcosm that you can participate in mm-hmm. and that you should participate in the world needs you to participate in um but also that i also since i go global i think the opposite is true too what <laughs> the world doesn't need you oh my gosh don't listen to me <laughs> that's not but true like, sometimes a thought like that is helpful in grief because it's like yeah you think outside of yourself you think outside of yourself and like it allows you to just be like, if you think, like, the world needs you, maybe that contributes to you just being like, okay, I got to buckle down and, like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And, like, some if you think, like, well, nothing nothing matters. Like, that's the whole, like, the thing people uh, miss out on when they dismiss something like nihilism. <laughs> oh, gosh. I didn't think this was going to turn this and way. apathy is, like, when nothing – if you – if you sit in a moment of like nothing matters, like that allows you to be present because you're not so attached to like having to live a life. 
<laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, if you are of the mindset of Mason, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I see where you are coming from. I acknowledge and respect that. But I politely disagree. <laughs> no, like I, I, know, I think that you can come to that conclusion through different means and different yeah. ways. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But you do matter. Sometimes it's nice to not. Yeah, sometimes it is. But, but unfortunately, that's not the world that we live in. <laughs> we live in a society. We do. Where it's okay to retreat and mm-hmm. to find that rest and that space of nothing. But that's temporary. I think like all things. Yeah. All things. Winter does not last forever. Ooh. All winter with no Christmas makes for a bad Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> Give, get yourself a good narnia get yourself a good narnia um i think even though we we're we're about to grieve the end of this podcast because <laughs> i we, don't even want to think about we it we have three episodes left Holy i thought we would finish like a this month ago year. <laughs> that was my plan was to finish at the end of the year but we didn't we're not gonna Guys. make it I'm trying to make Unless this we out. do all three episodes in one sitting. That's true. Unless that happens. And max, like, blow past the grief. Maximum effort. Um, I have no idea what our friendship's going to look like after this. Mm, well, what I was going to say was we should do, uh, once, when we have a, one of us has a real loss, we'll do a oh. follow-up episode. <laughs> Okay. I'll just give you a I'm call. just going to remove myself from everybody so that way I don't lose anybody. I'll give you, give us, give give you us a, a call. I'll give you a call. Wait, who's going to die? Either way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but then we'll see how this really plays out. Because okay. I feel like we, we probably contradicted ourselves probably. multiple times. But that's what but that's, does too. That's what this podcast does. It's kind of like the kid thing, too. Wait until Mason's pregnancy announcement in. I have it in my calendar. Yeah. I forget. You did give me a date. No, I didn't. I wrote it on my calendar. I told oh. you I'd tell you when the date happens. Maybe someone else gave me <gasps> a date. What if it coincides with mine? Okay, anyway. Bye, guys. Whoa. Bye. <laughs> Grief. <laughs>